G'day everybody, Namu here for Barrel Surf Podcast, hope you're going well. It is absolutely shitting down outside, the rain and the thunder and everything down in the beautiful southwest. It's not what it usually looks like down here, but it's okay, we've had some pretty good offshore conditions, so all good in the hood. This week we have got a special guest host, Adzi, hosting the podcast today, he's got an interview with a good friend of his, good friend of a couple of hours actually. Kirby Brad Smith, his name is. He's a bit of a dark horse, Bradzy. He's uh, got some incredible tales to tell about Indonesia and the Mentawis in particular. He's uh, a bit of a pioneer of the region. He's got some incredible tales to tell about his adventures in that part of the world. So without much further ado, here it is. We like to call this one When Adzi Met Bradzy. <laughs> Sunday afternoon, back in my shed. My name's Adzi. I'm doing a little segment uh, for Barreled Surf Podcasts. Our segment is on a good friend of mine and local yelling up identity known as Kiwi Bradzi. How are you, Bradzi? Good, Adzi. That's good, mates. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no worries. Well, it's good to just come in the shed and have a couple of beers because we surf together a lot and work together all the time, but got busy schedules and don't often take the time to sit down and have a beer so worst case scenario at least we're having a beer in the shed and a couple of vodies and a couple of vodies we'll get to we'll get to your vodka penchant later because that is <laughs> actually intertwined in the story that uh i've got you in here to tell um but anyway so yeah we're here for uh barreled surf podcast and we're going to uh do a little um interview with bradzy here today and we're going to start bradzy with the same sort of things we start with everyone so uh We'll start with your name and age and occupation and where do you live, just to get the ball rolling. Paint the picture for us, Brassy. Um, I'm Brad Smith. I'm 49, uh, originally from Christchurch in the South Island, New Zealand, and been in Yelling Up for about 25 years. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. And uh, you're a jib rocker by trade? Jib rocker by trade, yeah. With your buddy, Kel? Yeah, we started up a business here about... Yeah, 25 years ago, and everything's going well, pretty busy. Just rolled in as a couple of young punks who thought they knew how to slap jip rock on the walls and uh, <laughs> called yourself professionals, and uh, now you've got a team of about bloody 10 people working for you, and you're doing all the biggest top-end houses in some of the fanciest bloody suburbs in Australia. Yeah, no, it's going well, and uh, always sort of see surfers on the job sites like yourself and other, other tradies, and yeah, no, it's a good, good place to be. Good part of the world to live in. Yeah. And, uh, mate, it's, it's pretty uh, funny that, uh, you, you know, you've been in WA here for 25 years now, but you're still commonly known as Kiwi Bradzi. I don't think you're ever going to shake that one. You're still under in my phone as Kiwi Bradzi, so that's just the way it is, isn't it? But there's a lot of love between Anzacs, isn't there? There so, is. There is, yeah. So it's all good. Yeah. Um, all right, mate, and you live in a pretty bloody nice place. You live very close to uh, our local main break uh, and also... The local Caves House, uh, which is an iconic pub of the area. So, short walk down to the pub and a quick jog down to the main beach. It's uh, yeah, pretty lucky where you live. You're very close to the beach. Yeah, it's it's handy on the long weekend Caves Sunday sessions because we usually have a few drinks at home and uh, walk through the bush to the pub. 
that usually takes about 20 minutes or so and, and the walk home usually takes about an hour. But <laughs> yeah, pretty standard. <laughs> yeah, it saves getting taxis and um, no, nah, it's a good little spot to live. And, uh, and you keep pretty fit, a lot fitter than me, obviously. I, I like to call it a float, personal flotation device, <laughs> but um, yeah, and, uh, and and you do a lot of running, uh, you just yeah, a lot of jogging down to Yales and down to Smith's Beach and through the national parks. Um, pretty ideal, really, for someone who wants to sort of do those sorts of activities. For sure, and, and having a couple of dogs, you know, it's always good to sort of get them on the beach and give them a bit of exercise as well and yep. checking the surf while you're doing it. Yep. Yes, no, sweet. it's good. Very good. All right, mate. Well, let's start with um, your surfing career. Uh, how old was it? Were you roughly when you sort of got into surfing, and and how did you find your way into surfing in the uh, cold, frigid waters of New Zealand? Um, it was probably when we were about ten. We uh, came across. We we're doing some garage sales, and we came across an old surfboard in an old guy's shed, and uh, he pretty much gave it to us for free. And we took it down to the uh, water, and it had no fins in it. Yeah, right. Who's we, by the way? Oh, a couple of mates from home, yeah. Okay. Dave Christensen and, and Kelly McDonald, and um, yeah, it sort of started from there. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you, you found one board at a garage sale with no fins between the three of you. Yep. And that was it. You just, <laughs> that what, was what it. What did you do? You put fins in it and, and shared it? We or? just didn't even put fins in it and just <laughs> shared it. <laughs> um, and yeah, it just sort of snowballed from there. A teacher at primary school was uh, the main photographer in the South Island, and uh, yeah. He took us on board and he'd have surf school every Friday and then he sort of slowly take, started taking us on surf trips and then uh, started taking a few photos and, and it just sort of expanded from there, yeah. Yeah, right, classic. Yep. And, uh, mate, was it purely a summer pursuit? I mean, it was pretty cold there, I'm guessing, or how it was, did you go, wetsuits, or what was the deal? It was all, all year round. Um, yep. I mean, back in those days, there wasn't many people surfing where we lived. Yep. And there was no weddies, and we used wow. to surf in um, woolen jumpers, and you know the old hats the old people used to wear with the old frilly, you know the swimmer hats. Oh yeah, the old yeah. Like, we used to um, surf with those. <laughs> uh, dishwashing gloves as as gloves, what? and just, really, yeah, and tracky pants. Get out of here! <laughs> yeah, that, that so was tracky pants. That was the winter suit. Woolen jumpers, dishwashing gloves, and, and the old lady swimmers caps. You know, with the frilly sort of. Uh, rubber hats with the frilly things on the top. Yeah, yeah. that was our winter suit. Wow, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good look. And I mean, we didn't. I know reckon any you should run that again one day. Yeah, <laughs> see, see everyone looks at you. And we didn't know any difference, so that that was just the way it was. And what year know? was that? You reckon that was um, nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So all of you had the same get up. You all had the all s- had the same get up. Yeah. Maybe different washing gloves. One had pink. <laughs> one had yellow. <laughs> That's classic, man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So uh, and obviously Kel, uh, that uh, name there, Kelly McDonald, is a, is a man that uh, I know as well who came over here and started up a business with this. So you guys have been mates uh, for a very long time. Yeah. He lived down the road. He sort of started surfing a bit later, um, but. He was the first one that had his license, so uh, he had the first car, so he yep. was always a transport for a while, yeah. Yeah, it didn't, yep. didn't help much, though, because you told me he's a bit of a shocking driver and nearly <laughs> killed you a couple of times. <laughs> Maybe actually, those stories will come up. But, he's uh, actually nearly killed me twice down Kay's road going surfing, so yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, well, so getting his license early didn't necessarily mean uh, he had better skills. Nah, not at all. Yeah, yeah. Right. classic. And um, how cold was the water there? Um, you know, roughly? Sort of 12 degrees, I think, 14 degrees, 12 yeah, or 14. Right. That's cold, yeah. isn't it? So you came in from a surf and you couldn't unlock your car door. 
your yep. hands were that sort of stiff. If you jumped in the shower, your hands sort of doubled in size from the cold to hot. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty cold. blood vessels. Real ice cream headaches, yeah. And so you did that for a few years. What, what, how did you get your first weddie? Um, I think, yeah, about 14, mum and dad sort of bought us a steamer. That was the first one, a two mil steamer. Two mil. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and it sort of went from there. But yeah, to get that ste- that two mil steamer was a big big step up oh mate would have felt that good yeah even though now a two mil steamer just wouldn't do a wouldn't thing cut the mustard not to mention there. it wouldn't have had glue sealed seams or any of that jazz it was just some old duck probably stitched it's together with fishing line <laughs> <laughs> that's it yeah mate, i'm pretty sure i see you shivering out at yells waiting <laughs> for sets in a two a three two these days but uh yeah, we're all a bit we're all a bit uh, harder back then when we were just frothing groms, weren't we? Oh, definitely. When you don't know any different, you just roll with what you got, don't you? So maybe let's push that technical first board aside because that seemed like a bit of a groupie board. What was the next board? Can you remember that? That probably would have felt more like your genuine first board that that you owned individually, or maybe it was a new one. Or can you remember anything that that stuck out? I think it was always hand-me-downs from the, the older guys. Um, yeah. yeah, we always sort of got the hand-me, hand-me-downs. But back then, it was definitely twin fins were in. Yep. And, yeah, a few thrusters going around. A couple of nice old single fins. Yeah, so um, a bit of everything. Yeah, I remember a mate had a nice old singly from Ratso. He gave him a nice old single fin. Is that a local Kiwi shaper? Ian Buchanan, he's actually a WSL judge now. Is he? Yeah, yeah he right. was sort of number one in New Zealand back there, but he he came from the same town. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah. he had a couple of nice old boards he'd give the boys, yeah. Oh, sick. Yeah. There you go. And what about, um, like, magazines and movies? Did you, you know, was there any of that that you can remember in those early days that you, once you got into surfing, you sort of picked up on them and frothed out on on any movies or magazines was there any exposure of anything finding its way to the cold shores of kiwi land or um you really had to search for it um but i remember back in the day my inspiration was sarge's scrapbooks oh yeah i remember those yeah uh they were always good to watch the guys surfed well and they partied well and um (laughs) it was always good footage of trips around Oz and and from from that day I, all I wanted to do was go to Oz is that right from so those the, videos yeah so that's where the froth to come surf in Australia came oh, from I, oh definitely yeah Sarge's surfing scrapbooks scrapbooks and a couple of friends lived in Cronulla uh, a couple of older the boys yep. and yeah Cronulla was going to be our first stop for sure yeah right oh, cool and um did you have any uh was it what, what was your like favorite sort of surfing memories of of new zealand in those early years was there any epic sessions that went down that any i I don't know a lot about the surf there but i know there's a lot of different setups river mouths and point breaks and all that stuff is there anything that sort of stood out in those teenage years where you just scored some unbelievably long tubing river mouth or something like that that's maybe now a popular wave that had no one around back then any anything pops in your head um yeah, from Christchurch, we'd go south. We're on a peninsula. So on a south swell, there was kind of a peninsula with lots of bays. We'd get surfs around there. And then a big south swell would head north, sort of three hours to Kaikoura. And um, back then, it was sort of really uncrowded. Yep. Good point breaks, river mouths, beach breaks. Yep. Sort of had it all. Yeah. And and super uncrowded. I'm super uncrowded. Where I lived was kind of like a Florida setup. You know, it's sort of... Didn't get much swell. Oh, yeah. But there was always places to go if you wanted a wave. Yeah, cool. 
And what about Raglan? Obviously, that's the most famous wave in NZ. Uh, is that on the North Island? It's on the North Island, yeah. West Coast, yeah. Did, did you do start doing trips up there or how yeah. did it work? Yeah, back in the day, they the post office did a contest, New Zealand contest, and they made the final of the uh, South Islands and they took us up to uh, Raglan for a, like a New Zealand contest and that was the first time I ever surfed it. That was when I was 14. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was the first experience. I mean, it was about six to eight foot, and it was kind of out of my league, but yeah, right. yeah, just to see it for the first time was pretty special. Epic. That's and did you start hunting it a bit after that, or was it too much of a mission to get there? Um, yeah, did another couple of trips once I'd sort of seen it, yeah. and by that time I was sort of old enough to think, right, it's time to start planning to get to Oz. Yeah, right. That was that was the main ambition, was get enough money to get a plane ticket and a little bit of money to go travelling in Oz. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And at that time, were you thinking you were going to move to Oz or you just wanted to go on a surf holiday to Oz? No, nah, I wanted to move. And why was that? Because of the waves. R- really? 100%? Yeah. That was so it? scrapbooks just, just sold yeah. me. But yeah. I mean, you had such a wide variety of good waves in New Zealand at Uncrowded at your disposal, didn't you? So We did, but I mean, seeing, seeing footage of the Goldie, you know, pumping guys in board shorts, just the yeah. warmth, the tropicalness, just that's all I wanted. Yeah, right. I wanted to ditch the wetsuits and... Ditch, it, ditch, ditch the washing gloves <laughs> and... <laughs> the tracksuit pants and the woolen jumpers, yeah. No, I, I, I loved... I loved skiing in the mountains, but the cold, I've always hated the cold. Yeah, right. And Aussie just, yeah, just lured me from the start. Yeah, right, yep. cool. Okay, so um, what uh, what was your first trip to Australia then? How did it go down? Um, flew into Cronulla, a couple of the older boys from home, had a flat there right on the beachfront, yep. uh, Bando Road in Cronulla. And yeah, just flew in there, um, got a job and just stayed there for about six months. Yeah, sweet. What were you doing for work then? Uh, I'm just working factory work. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just sweet. enough money. It was a 4 to 12 job, 4 in the Arvo to 12. Oh, so sweet. Surf all day and then go to work yeah. in the Arvos. Back then when you just had endless energy, it wasn't a problem, was it? <laughs> no, Couldn't no. Couldn't do that now, could you, mate? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we, we, Kelly was already there and we got enough money to get a car. Yep. And as soon as we had enough money to sort of see us through for a while, we packed the car up and just went, went surfing, did a surf did trip. Did you head to the Goldie? Well, I mean, the the that was sort of the destination in the end, but all the way through was was good, yeah. Yep, all through New Newcastle South Wales and New yep. South Wales, and yep. yeah, yeah, classic. Any uh, memorable moments from from that road trip there? Did Kel try to kill you at all on that one, or um, any uh, any funny party stories that may or may not have happened? One one happened in Newcastle. We were in a car park. We just had a surf and. Um, we uh, all had meat pies and we had a couple of um, non-legal stuff on us and yep. the cops pulled up and uh, next minute they wanted to take us back for a lineup. There'd been a robbery and they, we kind yeah. of fitted the description. <laughs> and, Dodgy uh, looking Kiwis. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have lots of tattoos back then? Probably not. Nah. Because no, nah, you've got lots now, but not then. Yeah. And uh, we had a couple of things on board we shouldn't have. So yep. they asked us to follow them back to the station. So we actually... Had w- what we had, we threw them in our meat pies and uh, really threw them in the back <laughs> of the car. And yeah, we were in a police lineup. No way. An old lady came in, and um, yeah, we had numbers holding up in front of us. And <laughs> luckily, she saw who who did the crime, and she chose number seven. But cool. yeah, geez, you're a you're a whole Australian life that's played out before you now could have really taken a turn for oh, the worse. I could have. Get some old duck with. 
Coke bottle glasses <laughs> on, he can't quite work out. Yeah, it was those young fellas over there. Yeah, and all well, of a sudden, you're in Pentridge and, yeah, it could be a whole different story we're talking about here. It went from getting a meat pie in a Newcastle bakery to, yeah, in a, a line-up at a line police station. <laughs> That's a, classic, And man. the guy that was next to me was, was the guy and he was freaking out. And like you were saying... Oh, so the guy, the crim was actually next to you in the car park as well? No, nah, he was in the line-up. Oh, in the lineup, the guy yeah, next yeah. to you. But yeah. I was, like you say, I was hoping that lady had good, good enough eyes to yeah. tell that it was him and not me. Or when she pointed to the guy next to you, the <laughs> cops didn't think they were pointing at you. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. hilarious. Wow, so what a cracking story. We love Newcastle, but we were kind of keen to get out yeah, of here. Yeah, get the, the hell end. out of there. Yeah. Okay, we're done here. Yeah, yep. cool. And did you, um, northern New South Wales, that's a bit of a favourite spot of mine up there. I love that area. Did you get some good waves at Lennox and stuff? And Gary, Lennox, yeah, yep. yeah, Lennox, um, Broken Head. That yep. was probably my favourite area. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty and popular area, isn't we it? We kind of didn't know whether we'd. We wanted to find somewhere and, and park up, yep. but work-wise in that area, it kind of didn't look sort of too promising. So wasn't as busy back then. Probably not as many work opportunities, I guess. No, so we just yep. kept driving. Yeah, and and were you just sleeping in your car or sleeping in the car? What, we what had, car did you have? We had an old XB Falcon wagon. Oh yeah, four point one. Yeah, yeah, plenty of room. Plenty, you, plenty you, of grunt. Yeah, were you and Kel share in the back there? Were you? Um, yeah, there was actually three. Four of us. Four of us. Yeah. Proper Kiwis. <laughs> Tight-ass Kiwis just jamming into 10 people into a bloody one-bedroom apartment and, and whatnot. It's uh, nah, a bit of a running joke there, but uh, Kiwis, uh, frothing surfing Kiwis have, have always been known to really uh, squeeze the most out of their accommodation. So you had four people sleeping in a wagon. An XB wagon, yeah. Yeah, well, they were a big car. They were a big car, The old yeah. fatty Fords, as yeah. we used to call them, but... Yeah. Uh, Oh, at least you wouldn't have got cold at night time anyway. Nah, it was pretty comfortable. Pretty cosy in there. Yeah, yeah. That's classic. And then you rolled into the Goldie and... Rolled into the Goldie and, yeah, the expectations weren't sort of up there. I mean, loved the place, but didn't have the feeling of staying to, to sort of settle in there. Yep, yep. Had a few good surfs, saw some good bands, but it wasn't the place, so we kept moving up to the sunny coast. Yeah, right, cool. And... um. So what happened at the end of that trip? How did you, uh, did you do the East Coast and, and then head back to Kiwi land or what happened? We, we did the sunny coast and lived there for a year and then yep. got itchy feet, drove back down to Cronulla, worked yep. there for about six months and then did the road trip round to WA. Oh, right. So, you, so you, yeah, just stayed in Australia that whole time. Yep. And then went across Nullarbor. Yeah, went across Nullarbor, Cactus and South Australia and yep. good, good spots. And then as soon as we got to Yowls, it was just like, this is the spot. Really? Knew it straight away. So it was love at first sight. Love at first sight. When you come down that winding road down the hill, looking at the surf rolling in at main break and the, and the cliffs heading up to Cape Naturalist, it was... I can understand how it was instant love because uh, I had the same feeling. But uh, yeah, so yeah. that was it. Both you and Ke was it just you and Kel at that stage? And another guy, and yeah. it was kind of reminded us of home. It was you know it was kind of relaxed, lots of room to move, lots of nature, and uh, yeah, that was it. So we stayed here for a month. And Where did you stay when you at the caravan park? Yelling at caravan park. The one on the beach. Mm. Yeah. Yep. And we did work to sort of pay for our accommodation. Sweet. That and was about uh, ninety five or something, was it? That was that was eighty. That was nineteen ninety. Oh right, okay. Yeah, and then we sort of made a deal. Right, let's go home, save up, do a trip to Indo, and then we'll come back here and live. Right, and had you been to Indo at that stage previously? No, no, yeah. I hadn't been. Yeah, cool. So uh, okay, so you stayed here for a bit. Obviously, uh, fell in love with the place and surfed around everywhere, and 
Uh, it was pretty good. Um, it was a holiday party town at the time. It wasn't wasn't very good for partying um, outside of holidays back then. Not like it is now. It's a lot busier now. And but uh, no doubt there was some good parties going on back in the day in 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 those holiday periods back then. Yeah, we were kind of more surfing than, than partying, but I remember the pub was always a Wednesday night, was a good night. Oh, always yeah. had some good old old school bands. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah classic. Okay, so you went back to uh, NZ, you saved up some money, and you planned your first Indo trip. Where was that to? Um, Kelly was an Indo in 92, sitting in Nias, and as you do, you're always sort of trying to hunt for new waves. Yep. And we, he had a map of the Indo archipelago and just thought, Mentawais, there's got to be waves there. Yeah, right. And you hadn't heard anything about Mentawais at, at that stage? Uh, apart from a couple of videos, you see Tom Curran on the, um, on the Indies Trader. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you, you didn't really know much about that sort of part of Indo. So was Kel in Nias before you, was he? Kel's in Nias in 92, came yep. back and, and showed me a map and said, Mate, we've got to go check out these islands. Yeah, right. And did you know how you were going to check them out at that stage? Well, we kind of had a small plan, um, but we just thought we'll get to Indo and just go from there. Okay. Yeah. So tell us about the first your first trip there then. So we flew into KL and yep. then we caught the train, which was an overnighter up to um, P- Penang in Malaysia. Yep. And then we caught this boat through this channel that takes you from Malaysia across to Indonesia. Oh, yeah. Is that the Malacca Straits? Jeez, um, oh I can't remember what it is now. But anyway, we got to the mainland Sumatra and then we got to Medan. First went to Sebolga. So we got to Medan and went over to Sebolga and then caught the overnight ferry over to um, Nias. Yep. And then the plan was... I mean, we were sitting in the Nias port, and all I wanted to do was go 20 minutes and see the main wave, but we yep. had a plan to go to the Talos, right? and we were going to charter a boat from there and go searching the Mentawais. And and so, you, what, you just chartered like a local fishing boat or something? Yep, we, we sort of searched around the, the fishing village and found an old boat and uh, bought some wood and sort of made up a little bit of a tarp and, and stuff on the boat and got some food together, and off we went. What, so did you buy a boat or did you just charter a Chartered boat? Chartered a boat, yeah. A fishing so boat, yeah. A couple yep. of local Indos. A couple of local Indos. Whipped yep. up a bit of shade on it. Yep. And then said, okay, let's let's go putt out to the Tellos. This is, yeah, very basic map, but this is kind of where we want to go and, and have a look. Yeah, right. And it was just you and Kel? Uh, there was four of us, but oh, yeah. yeah, Kel was sort of the, he, he was the main man of what, what was going on. And yep. um, yeah, we all sort of funded it, the yeah. four of us. Yeah, right. And um. So, what did you do for supplies and stuff on that first trip? Did you just a shitload of rice and hope you were going to get fish or, and veggies off islanders? Did you know that there was people at the Tallows and stuff like that? I mean, the Tallows, yeah, we knew there was people at the Tallows, but the mints we didn't, uh, we didn't know anything about. Yep. So, we had shitloads of rice, noodles, biscuits and lollies. That yes. was about, <laughs> about it. Hoping to, you know, catch a few fish and, yeah, food wasn't really a priority. It was kind of as long as the gut was full. Yep, yep. Um, kind of trying to find the waves, yeah. And what year was that again? That was 93. 93. So that yep. was your first sort of exploratory trip? That was the first trip, yeah. Yep. So yep. then, what, you went to Tellos to start with? Went to the Tellos. Did you and score good waves? Scored some good little waves there, and then just we, we sort of shot off that night. And, and anybody surfing there? No, nah, no one surfing and there. you didn't even know where the waves were? Didn't know where the waves were. Or what their names were. Probably didn't have names. Didn't have names. Yeah. 
kind of asked locals about stuff, but they weren't much help, so we kind of just had to scour the island ourselves. Yeah, classic. And what a, what do you do in the way of like a medical kit? Were you pretty prepared in that front, or um, so I mean, keep in mind this is, you know, no GPS, no bi- no mobile phones, and you know, it was a lot more remote than what it is now. If you hurt yourself, oh, no definitely boats and yeah, if you got yourself badly cut up you're in trouble that's for sure but we just had a basic stitch kit a couple of band-aids and some band-aids a bit of betadine some detol yeah (laughs) so you weren't weren't super prepared on the medical front or did you have a little stitch kit or we had a stitch kit you know a basic little kit but yeah nothing major nothing major no right and malarial tablets or anything like that because it was pretty rife back then wasn't it we had malarial tablets back then yeah okay yeah 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 so you went to the tellos and and how long did you um, how long did you spend on that first uh, boat trip there? That was a three-week mission. Yep. Um, we had, like I said, we had a basic map, but we were searching all these sort of outside coves of islands. Yep. Um, these days, you find that all the all the good waves are tucked right in, like places like Maccas and Greenbush and things like that. They're all yep. tucked in right on the you know on the land deep in the bay deep in the bay but we were yep. sort of searching all the outside skirtings of the bays so Thinking that's where the point breaks were we i reckon we jumped off for the first week out into waves that weren't waves you know and we, yeah, didn't, right. we didn't know and yep. um and then we were sort of going in between where now Maccas and HTs are and just couldn't find any waves because we weren't scouring the bays you weren't going into ins- deep inside the bays you were sort of just going down the edge of the islands and looking for stuff out on the edges, I guess. Exactly. And we had an old fishing boat that only went sort of eight knots. So yeah. the fishermen never wanted to sort of go into bays and get near reefs and go sort of near the waves. So they sort of just scoured the outer islands. Yep. Um, and anyway, we were passing what now is Maccas and we're heading towards HTs and we saw this fishing boat and looked closely and it was a bunch of Aussie lads. Yeah, right. So they were about the first guys sort of surfing around there apart from Martin Daly. And anyway, we, we caught up with them about a, a week later in Sikakup, which is the main port where you get your food and petrol. Yep. And the idea was to get these boys pissed up and then they'll just <laughs> tell us where every, <laughs> everywhere is, you know, because we knew they wouldn't tell us unless they were drunk. So yep. we, we caught them for dinner one night. And we said, oh, boys, we'll shout you dinner. And then we just fed them up on bintangs for about Classic. four hours. Tried and tested uh, method, that one, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Get the old truth serum out. Yeah, and you know what? They didn't budge. Didn't they? Didn't budge one bit. Fucking weapons. And they were pretty drunk at the end of it too. Really? Yeah. No way. <laughs> Wankers. <laughs> Good on them. It was, well, it was a, a different era, I guess. The people out there doing it weren't, weren't seeking photos and glory and fame. They were hardcore bloody searchers and they weren't. They, would, they just weren't coughing up, were they? Exactly, and they'd done the hard yards and I, w- I would have done the same. Yeah. Yep. Um, the, the one thing they did said, you boys are so close to finding what you're looking for, just keep looking. And, and that wow. was the, the inspiration to, to keep going. Yeah. Cryptic. Yeah. <laughs> and what wave were they talking about, you reckon? Um, they were talking about Maccas and HTs. Oh, were they? Because we saw them going in between and they had just been at HTs, which would have been offshore and then it would have gone onshore and they were heading to, to Maccas and we were going the other way. Oh, no. Yeah. So those guys were dialed in. Yeah. Wonder yeah. who those gurus were. Yeah, they were definitely onto it. Wow. And did they have a better boat than you? Uh, there was, theirs was sort of the same, but it was a bit, bit better set up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. So uh, you went down around that area and then what, after a couple of weeks, pulled up stumps and, and headed back to port? Um, it was kind of getting to the last week and we kind of, we, we jumped out at 
um, a couple of breaks and yeah, we were kind of sort of losing a bit of hope and then we were going past Maccas again, but we were right out on the points and we yep. saw, we just had a little pair of binoculars and we saw a couple of masts in the bay Oh yeah, and we thought, shit, there's a, there's a proper boat in there. So we kind of chugged in there and it ended up being Martin Daly and um, Tom Curran and a few of those boys at Maccas. No way. And by then, we were all pretty crook. We, I mean, we weren't eating well. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I had some bad sort of skin from not washing properly. Scurvy, and I believe they call that, <laughs> amongst the pirate ships. Anyway, we sort of managed to, to get enough power out of us to jump in the surf. And that, that was back when Brock Little was there and Damien Harbin. It was the Rip Curl crew. Wow. And we're out in the water and Tom Curran saw how bad my hands were and he invited me on board for some um, calamine lotion and some chocolate and some cold water and it was just, yeah, it was a bit of a dream. Luxury. Yeah. Wow, that's epic. So to see him surf and then to sort of hang out with him and for him to give us cold water, we hadn't had cold water in two weeks. And yeah, right. Yeah, it was a pretty, pretty cool time. And so were the waves pumping? The waves are pumping, yeah. Yeah, right. Yep. Classic. How many boards did you take each on that trip? Um, back then, that was that was three boards each. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. All glassed in fins, no All doubt. All glassed in fins, yep. yep. The yeah, old cool. sticks between them and tape wrapped around them when you're travelling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Classic. That's pretty epic. So, I was about to ask you what was your most memorable session of that initial uh, run, but I'm guessing it was the macaronis that you just uh, told me about. That was the macaronis, and to watch Tom Curran surfing that way was just something else, yeah. Unreal. Yeah. In his prime. In his prime. Yeah. And did you get some other good sessions uh, in that trip? Um, we jumped out at what what now is rifles, but we kind of didn't know it was rifles back in the day, but we had some good waves there. Because, yeah, um, I mean, that is, as much as it's an amazing wave, I think it really is fickle in a way too, isn't it? Like, can be super fast and this, that and the other. For sure. And if, if you don't know a spot and you're hitting it on the wrong tide or the wrong swell, it can can just be nothing at all you know so yeah, especially in indo that changes so much on tides and stuff yes yeah, so we didn't have a clue what was going on yeah but from that trip we kind of had a couple of things to base ourselves off to go back to yeah classic so what you went back to uh port and uh dusted off did you head down to bali after that for a, a couple of weeks or anything like that or was it out of money we're all busted up we got scurvy and lost a leg or two and we're heading home to Kiwiland to, to, to regather what happened. Nah, Bali wasn't really a, a thing back then. All we wanted to do was stay up that end. So yeah, you know, right. we, we didn't go back to Bali till after 2000s, yeah. So the love affair with Ben Chong Alley, as you know it today, wasn't a thing back then? No, no, that was that was a late <laughs> arrival, that one. <laughs> Classic. All right, so that was, uh, what year again was that? That was 93. So then what happened? Went back to New Zealand, went back to reality, saw went it Went back right, to reality. Earned some money. Cal and I worked for a year and a half solid, seven days a week up up in uh, the North Island, uh, repairing the old parliament building. All right. Is that where your jib rocking started? That's where the jib rocking started. Cal said, let's work for two years or a year and a half, save wow. up enough money. That's let's some serious foresight and dedication for a couple of young fellas. Let's work for a year and a half straight. Oh, definitely. With, with a specific goal in mind, that's pretty epic. Yeah, the, the goal was worth it for sure. We knew yeah. what we had and we knew we wanted to get back there. He was pretty driven and focused, Kel, wasn't he? He was, yeah. He had a, a pretty good head on his shoulders. He has, yeah. yeah. Yep. A round head, rumour, <laughs> is it? <laughs> or is it a boxy? A boxy. He's, uh, he's, his nickname is Roundy because uh, the boys claim that uh, 
he had such a perfectly round head when they were surfing, and then he what wore a helmet, and it just emphasized the roundness or something. That's it. <laughs> so he's known known as Roundy, and I thought uh, Bradsy said his name was Boxy. So I've been calling him Boxy for a couple of years, uh, but it turns out his name was Roundy, not Boxy. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Anyway, so you went back, you worked for a year and a half, and you got your shit together, and you had old Roundy leading the charge, and your next assault was a lot more um, planned and and, and had a, a lot better equipment, is that right? Um, navigational equipment, no. We just had a, a plastic handheld compass. Oh, yeah, but, cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> At least it wouldn't rust if it's plastic, <laughs> I guess. But we, ha- we had five surfboards each. There was three of us. Ooh, we boxed fuck. up five surfboards each. Camping gear, uh, cooking gear. What, like tents and swags? Tents. No, nah, just tents and sleeping bags. Um, no swag. No, no, no swags just back Sleeping then. on the ground. Sleeping on the ground. Yep. Kerosene cookers, um, kerosene lights. Yep. And we boxed them up. A friend was in the shipping company, and we boxed that up. And we also bought two inflatables in New Zealand. Two. Bo- boxed it up, shipped it to Jakarta. And what, what engines did those inflatables have on them? We didn't have engines. That was the um, Jakarta mission. Okay, so yeah. two inflatables, a bunch of camping gear, fifteen surfboards, fifteen surfboards. Shipped it off to Jakarta, and then uh, how long did you wait before you flew up there and met it all? We we shipped that about February. Took two months. Yep. Met it up there in April. Wow. Probably took us two weeks to get it out of customs. You know yeah. what Indo's like? Yeah, yeah. Just had to grease some hands, did you? Oh, it was day in, day out. No, I'll come back tomorrow. Oh, guy's not in today. Come back tomorrow. Yeah. You know, one oh, of those scenarios. Jean Carret, <laughs> which is Indonesian for rubber time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We finally got it out of customs, and then the mission was to go and buy two engines. So you had to go and sit in Indo for two weeks just to get the ball rolling just to get everything sorted yeah travel took so much longer back then didn't it 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 did it was it was always a mission so so when you went there on this trip uh i mean you spent two weeks there i mean that's the whole holiday for most people these days that 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 two weeks that you waited just for your gear when you went up there in april were you like okay we're not coming back till october or that was the mission yep yeah right six month mission at least how much money (laughs) roughly per head did you budget back and then can you remember just roughly? Roughly it was about seven and a half to ten grand. Each? Each. Yeah. 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 yeah cool. And that was that was Which plenty. Is a fair bit of coin. It's a fair yeah. bit of coin. For, but for back then in Indo. Yeah. You know, yeah. But it's a fair stint, isn't it? Sort yeah. of hanging out there. Okay. So you yeah. uh, what you went and got a couple of what, twenty horsepowers or something like that? We got a forty horsepower oh. and an eight. Oh, oh yeah, nice. Yeah. So we got sort of an auxiliary and a main engine. Yeah, right. And and how did you work the two boats? Did you did you like put the eight on one and the forty on the other? Were the were the boats the same size, or how did you make it all work? Um, we bought an old six meter navigational um, ex army boat from New Zealand, Sick. Uh, and a little sort of two meter one. So oh, okay, yeah, so it was kind of the main boat, and then we dragged all the gear in the other one. Yeah, cool. That was your trailer. That was a trailer. But in yep. Jakarta, we kind of got all our gear together, got the engines. Yep. Um, chartered an old rock truck, you know, the old yellow rock trucks that oh, head yeah. up to Ulus. Yeah, yeah, classic. Threw all the gear in the back of that, and we jumped in the back of the rock truck, and we had three drivers, and we just said, right, you guys drive from Jakarta to Parang, non-stop. We just want you to keep going. You can stop for food and drink, but just keep going. Yeah, right. Yeah. Epic. So then you got down there, and, uh, and, and, and tell us about that first voyage out of port. 
So, yeah, we got to Padang, got to the port, got all our gear onto the ferry, shipped it over to Sikakup, which is the main port, yep. blew the boats up, um, bought cans of fuel, rice, veggies, noodles, as much as we could, yep. loaded on board and went straight to Macca's. Straight to Macca's because you knew where that was. We knew that that was, and that was going to be the first two months was Macca's, yeah. Just straight up, we're going to Macca's yep. for two months. Yeah. And is that what you did? That's what we did. And where did you... Isn't it pretty, like, marshy and stuff there? Or? It's very marshy. So that was that was the first mission. We had to give ourselves enough time to, to get there and enough time to, to search for a camp, yep. get all our gear off and set up camp, you know, and that takes a long time. So yep. um, finding where we wanted a camp was, was a thing in itself. We, we kind of sort of had to search reefs and tides and where we could drag the boats up and... yeah. So we sort of found ourselves wrapped around in the Bay of Maccas, um, yep. yeah, and, and set up camp. Yeah, right. And were you on the beach or were you in the, back in the jungle a little? Or We were kind of, we started on the beach um, and then full moon, full tides, we sort of got <laughs> washed out. Did you? So, well, so I mean, you got a tide in the, into your tent in the middle of the night? Yeah, so did we really? kind of learned that, yeah, the longer we did, we sort of learned what, what the go was, but we sort of made our way into the bush a bit more, yeah. No way, and what, made a little clearing? Did you have a machete or? We had machetes, yep. Yeah, yep. cool. That's yeah. the standard equipment in Indo, isn't it? It yeah. is, it yeah. is, yeah. Classic, wow. And just slept on the ground? Slept on the ground, pitched yep. the tent. Um, yep. When we ran out of water, we sort of caught rainwater off the trees into bottles and just sort of boiled it up. Yeah, right. Um, caught a bit of fish and, yeah, and made our own pita bread and, and, and... Wow. Yeah. It's epic. So you just took heaps of flour and rice. Heaps of and flour and water and rice and yeah and, and how were you catching the water off the trees? Um, just just off the leaves into bottles. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yep. right. Just tying bottles onto leaves and... Yeah. But, yep. um, yeah, the, the monkeys were shitting in the, in the trees <laughs> and, and that was going into our water and, yeah, we, we got crook quite a, quite a lot, yeah. And were you on malaria, uh, medication, all that all that time? Were you prepared to take medication for six months? Or I know the answer must be somewhat of a no because you riddled, you're riddled with malaria. <laughs> so what happened? Um, if I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't have bothered taking malarium for six months, yeah. Really? Yeah. So it didn't do anything? Well, it just prolongs malaria until you stop taking the drugs. So oh, right. really, we should have just taken drugs. And if we got it, just pumped malarium into us. Okay. Um, but, you know, it kind of held it off while we were on the trip. So that's that's not a bad thing. Yeah. But, yeah, six months of malarium doesn't do your body any favours. No, no. And uh, and you ended up uh, probably on that trip more so than most. Because you, you, there's a few different types of malaria, isn't there? There is, yeah, there's seven strains, I think. Have you got all seven or? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we, we all got the same strain, P. Vivax. Right. Um, yeah, cerebral is the one that can attack your brain and kill you, but uh, the one yep. we got, yeah, it's pretty gnarly, but it wasn't wasn't too bad. Yep, yep. And that uh, leads me to the uh, little topic at the start of the session. That's why I'm drinking beer and you're drinking vodka because you once told me that um, because of all the malaria you've had in Indo over the years, you just found that that beer never agrees with you since then. Is that right? Yeah, I think larium attacks your lower intestine and red meat and beer after that just didn't agree with me. So yep. that's when I went to vodka. Yeah, so you're, you're constantly on the vodka duty or... Early Indonesian ex- exports, uh, <laughs> exploits, but uh, you also told me you've never shit solid since that trip either. Twenty <laughs> years ago, um, not for a while. Yeah, it was. <laughs> we sort of went to Chinese medical doctors, and 
I mean, giardia and malaria really attacks your yeah. body, but um, all all good now. But yeah, sort of the body was messed up for a while. Yeah, but it was all worth it in the end. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, mate, it sounds worth it to me. So two months in Maccas, no doubt you just scored it absolutely perfect with nobody around i'm assuming nobody around i think there was two boats doing charters around the whole of the mint yep plus the indies trader would sort of pop up every now and again so yep. yeah i mean we actually were quite happy to see a boat boat charter coming around the corner yeah right because it gave us someone to talk to gave us someone to surf with yep and one of the um charters always gave us his, his leftover chickens and chocolate at the end yeah, of the charter sweet. so yeah so they just chuck their their offal over the side <laughs> and pretty much be you and the local snapper fish just just uh snapping up the leftovers as they hit the water exactly so when we saw a charter boat we were hooting not Fuck. not crying no yeah. way that's yeah. epic imagine, yeah. imagine that these days oh. these days you just curse and spit exactly but, yeah um Okay, so two months there, no doubt you just got tube out of your absolute mind. That would have been amazing. Had some epic sessions. Did uh, anyone get busted up on the reef at all? You know what? We were pretty lucky. Um, we had a different guy coming every month, a friend from home. So there was three of us that sort of did the six months. Yep. And we had a different guy every month. So he sort of bought us uh, more medical supplies. Yep. Um, no one did any major injuries. Scrapes. A few, few scrapes, a few stitches here and there. Um, the boards sort of held up well until the last month, and then they all sort of crumbled. So when you um, when you did uh, the the stitching on each other, was there any form of um, anaesthetic, or was it just uh, a bit of bloody Iraq attack? And here we go. A bit of Iraq attack, and here we go. Yeah, yeah. Clean the area and just do as good a job as you can. Did you stitch Kel up or? Um, no, nah. he stitched you up. He 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 was ma the main stitcher, yeah. and Kel was just running the show, wasn't he? He was. He was wow, a good organizer, old Kel. He's such a quiet dude, too. You know, like the do I know him well, and to our listeners out there, obviously they don't know him, but he's just one of those guys that's just a walk quietly, carry a big stick sort of dude, isn't he? You'd never guess it. He's a very quiet guy. He's very humble, but uh, man, he's he really sounds like he was just a pivotal force in making all this happen, and. And I've seen him, uh, obviously he's calculated it on land and focused, but man, I've seen him in the water and Jesus Christ, he charges, man. He surfs good and, he, and, he, and he's got no fear. I've seen him take off on big, big waves at local bombies here and he's a bloody good surfer too. So yeah, it's pretty epic. And obviously, you know, you, yourself, you, you surf uh, pretty well as well. I know you won't agree to that because you're humble, but you do and, you know, charge as well. So sounds Thanks like it was a good, good match, you know, and uh, yeah, Kel really sounds like a... Fuck, he was like a leading light, man. He sounds like a bit of a hero, really. He was a good man to have on the trip. I mean, he, he was the main organiser, you know, of the maps from the start. Yep. Yeah. He, he, he was a good man. He's a good waterman. Yep. And, um, yeah, he was a good bushman too. Yeah, right. He was a good man to have on the trip. Oh, that's epic. So did you just do, um, like, Maccas for two months and then leave, or did you surely you did some exploring? We, we did Maccas for two months, and then we thought, right, time to go surf a different wave so we um went by then we'd sort of done our homework we knew where ht's was so okay um, we went to ht's yeah because that's what around the back of the same sort of island or uh the next island yeah. but it's it's not too far yeah yeah sort of Macca's is halfway up one island and and ht's is the start of the next island okay so you found that just by cruising around on days yeah, we sort of did a bit of hunting and, and found that. Um, Lance's left was around the corner, so it was kind of a good spot to sort of hang for another two months. 
So I so see you went and hung there for two months? Two months, yeah. And where did you camp? On the Lance's left side or the HT side? The HT side, right on the beach, right in front of the waves. Is that so right? From there, we didn't even need the boats. And was there locals there? There was locals there, yeah. And what did, what did they think of you when you rolled up and camped on the beach? Um, yeah, the local kids kind of, yeah, they were, they were pretty fun. Um, yeah. They'd sort of walk past the machetes and, and a couple of times they'd, they'd flatten their inflatables because they didn't know what they were. And they'd, they'd sort of get the old machete and touch the old inflatable to see what it was. Oh, no. And just pierce one of the, the sides <laughs> oh, of the inflatables. So, oh, no way. Yeah, in the end we kind of had to hide the inflatables with um, with palm palms and stuff so Is they couldn't right? see them. Yeah. No way. And obviously you had plenty of inflatable patches, I'm assuming. Well, yeah, we had to get them in the end, yeah. But you didn't have them at the start? Nah, nah. So what, you put in the order for one of the boys from next time around, bring some patches, so these guys keep prodding out. That was the beauty of having a guy every month coming over, because we always had orders, yeah. That's epic. Yeah. And did they have clothes? The, the locals? Yeah, well, yeah. Obviously, obviously you guys didn't because I know what you're <laughs> like and I'm sure you guys are just running naked for months but uh, I was wondering if they had they have the palm leaf over the thing or, or what they have? Um, no, nah, back back then they had clo- clothes but in not the 93 trip, you know, some of the islands would pull up to. Um, the traditional Mentawians would come out in their, yeah, their flax and just full of tattoos, their, their tribal tattoos and just... I mean, Macau was kind of the one that had the blonde hair. Oh, yeah. And the blonde hair on his arms, and the Indos would just stare at his arms. I'd never seen blonde hair on a guy before, like you know? Pretty much thinking he was a spirit devil. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he was God, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's epic. So, camped out. So, what did you do? Just slept right on the beach at HT's for, what, two months? Slept at HT's for two months, and, you know, when it was onshore at HT's, we'd jump in the boat and, and fang round to Lance's left. So, those two waves sort of kept us going for the next two months. Yeah, right. That's epic. So, you just did those two uh, for t- another two months. Just did, did anyone else rock up at HT's? Was that more or less known than Macca's? More or less no one. One boat would turn up, you know, every now and again, but that was about it. We actually would pull our boats up right up into the um, the jungle, but on the full moon tides, the tide would come right in. Yep. And one night I went up, got up about 2 a.m. to go to the toilet. One of our inflatables had gone. Really? The full moon tides had just washed it off the rope, off the tree, and, and, and ripped it down the beach. And so, so what happened? I uh, managed to swim out and get it yeah. and um, paddle it in. But, yeah, if we lost one of those boats, we were stuffed. Yeah, right. Yeah. Classic. So from that trip, you know, we kind of knew full moons. We had to drag the boats even further up into the jungle. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Just bring it down a bit there, mate. That's all good. Um, keeping it nice and close, but it seems like microphone just needs to come down a little bit. Keeping that's it too all, close. Yeah, it's too close for comfort. <laughs> so classic. So you lost the boat in the middle of the night, swam out and got it. No worries. Yeah. Um, how were the locals at HT, apart from stabbing your Zodiac <coughs> to see... If it would stab back, were you buying fish off them, or how did it? Did they even want money, or? Um, <coughs> yeah, we'd sort of barter. You know, we'd, we'd barter onions and potatoes and things like that to get fish and crab off them every now and again. Right. So were they interested in money at all? Well, when we parked up at eBay, um, I, I think I had maybe that was my first bout of malaria, and the boys went off to what's now Rags for one day, and I just stayed in in, in the tent. Yep. Crook as a dog, and I was a bit delirious. 
That's the way. I, lo- I like I like how you guys operate. Yeah, you're dying in malaria. You stay in the tent. We're just going to go down the next island for a few waves. Hopefully, you'll pull through when we get back. Is that pretty much <laughs> the... Was that the method? That was the method, mate. <laughs> just leaving behind. We're going Folk. surfing, yeah. Classic. But we, we'd go to an island and try and find a village, and that's where we thought was our safe part to sort of park up, pitch the tent with them, and yep. that, was, that was base camp. But this village... Um, yeah, I remember the guy coming into the tent and just going through all our gear. Yeah. And I was that delirious, so I just sort of let him go about his way. Is and that when you're at HTs? When we're at eBay. Oh, eBay, sorry, yeah. And the boys came home and, and got into their bags, and this guy had stolen everything. Back then, you travel with traveler's checks. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Stole all our traveler's checks. He wouldn't know what to do with them. And what no, would he do with them out there? He just saw US dollar signs. Yeah, he just thought he was killed it. He thought it was money. Yeah, right. Stole our passports, stole all our photos. And you're just laying there in a delirium, watching just this going, guy raid your tent. Just go and go for it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have a machete? <laughs> Didn't need one. Nah, You're nah, he didn't need one with me. No in way. my state. That's epic. And then what did the boys say? What are you doing, mate? Have <laughs> you let him steal all that stuff? Or we what? um we actually didn't we didn't find out to would move camp to another island. All right. To would move to HT. Because I suppose you're not exactly checking your passport on a daily basis no, when you're no. sleeping on a beach in the Mentowies for two no, months. Eh? Definitely not, not much need for it out there. So Wonder, I wonder what he did with them. You think he hung him up on his wall in his hut as it's like a family heirloom now that gets passed down generation to generation. Little picture of Brad Smith and Kelly McDonald <laughs> passport, and these were the two spirit devils that came and we got these magical bits of paper off them and <laughs> they're framed on the wall. Or I think what he, the hell would he have done? He won lotto, <laughs> but he just got nothing for he him. Got mate. Nothing. He would have got nothing. So we're at eight. He would have been better off stealing your rice, wouldn't he? He would have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We were at HTs and went, hang on a minute, we haven't got traveller's checks, we haven't got passports, we haven't got anything. Oh shit, that's classic. And we kind of based it back to, it must have been our last camp. So we started doing trips back to that village and every time we went back, he'd hear our boat coming and he'd grab whatever he had and he'd, he'd run off into the jungle. Right. And the next day would come back, he'd hear us and take off. The whole village would sort of take off into the bush. The whole so village would. The third day. Well, so the whole village thought that they'd scored. The whole village thought they would won lotto, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, shit, we've got to get out of here because we've just got like thousands of dollars from this guy. Yeah. Yeah, when it was just blank checks. Yeah. With nothing on them. So the third day we, we went into land and we wrote in the sand. There was one guy that could speak Bahasa Indo. How was your Bahasa at this stage? It was not too bad, but no one spoke Bahasa in Indo. In they Mentawi. All, they all spoke Mentawi, so yeah, yeah. we kind of had to learn that lingo as well. But wow. we wrote in Bahasa, okay, we're coming back tomorrow. If um, you haven't got our gear, we're going to trash your huts. We're going to steal all your pots Fuck and pans. <laughs> and we wrote this in the sand. In the sand, you yep. know, as best as we could in Indo. Yeah. And we're going to take all your chickens. We're going to steal everything. We're going to steal your chickens. See, that's so much better than stealing passports. <laughs> in the mid- that's fucking awesome. That's so, unreal. So the next day we came in and we dropped my bro off at the point. Yeah. And he ran in through the jungle in case they could oh, hear Through the boat. back roads. Through the back so roads. So you just planned an assault on them. We planned an assault <sighs> and we took the boat in. Same thing. We got to the camp. No one there. And they were running. And it was like, okay. So we started trashing the huts. We grabbed all the pots and pans. We started throwing them in bags and putting them in the boat. No way. We were chasing the chickens around. They were squealing and carrying <laughs> on. We couldn't catch them, but we were making a lot of noise. Fuck, no way. And then next minute, 
the daughter of the guy that stole all the gear came running out with his bag and it had all our gear in it. No way. So it took that that raucous to get our oh, gear back. But that was kind of, I reckon, story, man. five days, six days of going back to this village. See, I've known you all this time. I never knew that story. That's such a fucking sick story. Yeah. So wow. That's what surfing in the Mets is like <laughs> in 95, folks. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. If you ever get in trouble in Indo but, uh, these days, maybe just... Threaten them with loss of pots and pans and chickens, and chickens until you get your way. You get your way, yeah. Wow, so you got your passports back. Traveller's checks as well? Traveller's checks, got everything back. Photos, everything. Yeah, yeah right. And yeah. did you did you give them any money or anything like that, or was it just too much bad blood? You were just like, oh, fuck you guys. Too much were bad out. blood, mate. We grabbed the gear and never returned. And yeah. you never came back? No. And no. where did you go from there? Was that the end of the trip? Was that, what, four months in by this stage? That was stage? four months in. We did another month at HT's. And then the last month we had to go back to Maccas. Yeah, right. Last month was at Maccas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And 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 why did you go back there? Just for safe. Did, just it was comforting. You knew it was pumping. It was all it good. It was just the best wave ever. Was yeah, it? Maccas yeah. is just a perfect wave. And no doubt in those two months you just had perfect six to eight foot HTs. You know, or how'd you go? Yeah, HTs. I remember seeing um, Kelly Slater there just making it look uh, like. By a the way, let's not call it HTs because it should be called Lance's Rights. Is that right? That's and that's my dad's right. name is Lance, and so is my son. So I would rather call it Lance's Rights. And well, that's, apparently, that's, that's, that's that a guy who found it. Yeah, yeah. Because that was like an uh, afterthought by some Americans to call it HTs. But apparently, the dude who found Lance's left found Lance's right, and he was some fucking. Aussie guru, probably that fucking dude that was pissed in, in port that never gave you up his <laughs> secrets. That was probably Lance, man. Probably. Probably, probably was. was. And uh, he, was, he was a legend, so Lance's rights. And yeah. I'm glad you said that because that's exactly how we felt back in the day, but everyone just keeps saying HTs and Maccas, now I just say that myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But back in the day, we, we named Maccas um, Slingshots. Did you? Because there was two trees kind of sort of nearly dead on an angle like a slingshot you know so yeah, right. Maccas wasn't called Maccas back then so he called it slingshots there yeah. you go you heard it here first ladies and gentlemen on Barrel Surf Podcast Maccas Macaronis is not Macaronis it's fucking slingshots if you've got any uh, disputes you can come on down to my shed and me and Brad's will fucking tell you otherwise <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Lance did you know that Lance's rights was called that when you were there no no, no we didn't did, no. did he give that a name at all can't remember what we called Pumping that. fucking rights. Pumping fucking rights. <laughs> eBay we called Duabatu because it had the two rocks at the end of it. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah, we just made up all our, all our own names and we kind of didn't not... I mean, macaroni sounded a bit gay back in the day when we heard that, but... Yeah, you would have been choking, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, ended up spending the last month at Macca's and, and by October, late October, that's when the wind started changing and yep. kind of felt it was time to leave. Wow. What an experience. And by then had... All three of the, the regulars, you, Kel, and what's the other dude's name? My bro. Oh, your brother. Abbo, yeah. What's his name? Abbo. Abbo? <laughs> Why, has he got darker skin than you, he's, obviously? Yeah, he's pretty black, yeah. That's pretty funny that yeah. you called him Abbo and not Maori, since you're from New Zealand, and Abbo being short for Aboriginal. Yeah, he did a trip to Oz years ago, and everyone thought he was an Abbo, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And and you've got a tiny bit of Maori in you. You only just found out recently. I have, yeah. 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 Yep. So that leans to you being... Quite tanned that, and the fact you're into that, um, uh, don't you do that asshole sunning <laughs> thing where you sun your freckle for health reasons? A bit well, of that, apparently, from from your stories. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, yeah, right. So your brother was there as a staple as well. Yeah. So by that stage, had all three of you just had like incredible bouts at turns at being sick through that? Had you all had malaria and 
and, and and you know when you're in even when you go to Bali these days you know or someone who hasn't been to Bali and you stay in a hotel they get some crook messed up sickness that can't be explained you know let alone camping out there for four months um had you all had turns at being pretty crook not really i mean it's pretty amazing to live in the jungle for six months and live the way we were and how healthy we stayed really one of the, one of those guys might have been lance came on land one day and he said you guys have been here for four months how come yeah. you look so good you know he couldn't believe that we weren't half dead wow so we were pretty lucky but in the last month, I reckon that's when all the boards started snapping, the leggies started snapping, and yeah, there was a few injuries. I think the body was just sort of wearing down. Starting after. to wear down. I yeah. mean, you were in your prime, what, like 25 or something? 23, like. 25, yeah, yeah. Just peak physical condition. Yeah. I mean, you're still in pretty good nick now, but back then, you and Kel, and Kel is as well. Kel's still a pretty fit guy and, um, you know, looks pretty strong and, and well balanced on his feet. Uh, I imagine he must have been a bit of a specimen back in the day too. At that yeah, time. he was a bit of a weapon for sure. Yeah, yeah, yep. old yep. roundy. Yeah, yeah, classic. So then, uh, what happened? Must have been a um, must have been a, a pretty interesting feeling, packing up your tents for the last time and looking at your war horse of a zodiac that no doubt had patches all over it and I'm assuming tents had holes in it. And did you just leave stuff behind or what did you do? Oh, yeah, everything wasn't worth packing up. It was wrecked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we sort of took it back to the mainland and, 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 and ditched it. Um, we sold one of our boats to, to one of the yacht charters. We sort of came friends with one of the guys, and he bought one of our small boats. Oh, yeah. And we shipped the other boat back to back to uh, WA. The bigger one? Bigger one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Where did you ship it to in WA? Um, we bought it back to Yells, actually. Did you? Yeah. And... and you got rid of the smaller one and that were, did you think you were going to go back and do it the next year or was it such a huge crazy adventure you knew that it was something that you're just not going to do all the time well yeah we really did it well and we knew we wanted to go back but you know coming to wa i think the next year was up north was what we wanted to experience next okay nalu and the bluff and wow like just that. had a taste for adventure didn't you yeah, yeah. I mean, we'd seen videos of that place, so that was sort of the next place we wanted to hit. Wow. So that's amazing because it'd be so easy to just, now that with that knowledge that you had, to just go, well, why would I go and do a whole bunch of stuff that I don't know about when I could go back and potentially do it even better and score it all again? But you decided up north. Yeah, we we did one year up north, but then the itch was to go back to Indo after that. So when sure. you came back to WA, had you moved to WA by then, or um, we'd we'd shipped gear to Perth, yep, and we stayed in a Northbridge um, youth hostel for about the first four days. Northbridge, to those people who don't listening, is like the absolute number one nightclub, red club, uh, red light district of the city of Perth. So interesting place to come from after the Mentawi's Island solitude, straight into the. To the nightclub strip of the it, city. It was weird. It was weird. <laughs> we were still in Indo Jeez, gear. You guys must have been towy. Oh, we hadn't we hadn't socialised for six months apart from the four of us, <laughs> sitting around a table with all nationalities, and we couldn't really hold a conversation that well to tell you the truth because we were stuck in jungle six month tubed out of your tubed mind, out of our mind world. So wow. we got drunk, just grunting at each other pretty much. <laughs> we got drunk and just all we could do was laugh. Really, <laughs> <laughs> mate, I'd be laughing too if I'd have just done that. Holy crap! Holding conversation, you would have just felt like you were, without 
sounding rude, you just would have felt like you're so superior to everyone there that's going, these guys have got no idea what we've just done, you know? Like, I know I feel better than the average punter when I'm down the local restaurant after a day's good surf at the local break. I feel like <laughs> uh, you guys don't know what I've been doing. It's better than what probably you've been doing. So that feeling just must have been magnified a thousand times sitting in those bloody pubs there. Crazy. It was definitely entering a new world for sure. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you decide to move to Yellingham after that? Um, there was no intention to stay in Perth. No. It was just I already had a car organised to buy in Perth and Old Holden. Um, yeah through a guy that we'd sort of met in the Mentawais. Yep. And yeah, as soon as I bought that, we just drove straight down. Yeah, right. Stayed in the car park and yelling up and then got a caravan at, at, at Herbie's um, Dunsborough Lakes Caravan Dunsborough Park. Dunsborough Lakes, yeah. Because he'd obviously done the reconnaissance mission a, a couple of years earlier and knew that's where he wanted to end up. Yep. So he didn't even go back to NZ after Indo. He went straight to WA. All the else. to WA, yeah. And then what, just started uh, looking for jip rocking work and, and stuff like that. And started get, looking get for a house and then, yep. yeah. And then Cal picked up his first job with Kev Cabana. He was um, designing houses back then and got us our first job with Keith Russell, which yeah. was a local builder. Yep, yep. Classic. And did an all right job and, and got more work from there. Wow, unbelievable. So then, uh, okay, well, so then you went up north next season, next winter? Went up north, yep. Yep. What did you do up there? Just uh, It would have been, would have seemed like uh, the desert up there would have seemed like a five-star hotel, I would imagine, uh, having having a supply store a mere two hours bumpy gravel dr- track away <laughs> would have felt like heaven, wouldn't it? It was. It seemed too easy at the time, but yeah. Yeah. Just a real Aussie red earth, desert, good waves, epic yep. trip. And how long do you spend up there, roughly? We spent a month up there. Yep. And then we went up to Broome and, and then went, um, so I went to Exmouth and, and stayed out there for a bit. Yeah, and classic. And went to Broome and did a week up there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, classic. And then what, just drove down and and then settled into Yales for the summer or? Settled into Yales, got work and, and it just sort of snowballed from there. Yeah, right. Okay. So was there ever any talks of? doing another crazy-ass Mentawi's mission, or was it? Did, did it just... What happened? Did someone get married or have a kid, or, or what happened? Um, Indo was always there. I, I guess we had good waves in 93 in Nias, yep. and that's when I just wanted to go back there. Yep. So sort of started going back there again. And, uh, and there was no talk amongst the original pack of you and your brother and Kel of let's gear up and, and do another crazy bloody... I mean, you must have seen there was more islands on that map and figured we could do more, or was, was it ever on the cut? I mean, it must have been talked about. The funny thing, Adzi, to beat that trip, I, c- I don't think you could ever beat that trip. So I was always a bit scared to go back, yeah. and it wouldn't be the same, you know? Yeah, right. So I kind of held off for quite a while because you could never beat that trip. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, no, that's a fair point. I, I would have been looking at it going, well... Maybe the aim's not to beat it, but just to equal it or enjoy it the same again. But obviously, you just had absolutely had your fill to such a, uh, a a satisfying extent that you just didn't feel the need to put in all that crazy effort again when you could just maybe go for a quick trip to Nias. Well, quick trip still would have been a, a month back then and, and months, score some yeah. waves. Yeah, a couple and, of months. And wanted yeah. to see G Land and deserts and, 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 and Samoa. Really the big wanted name to joints. check out the others now. Yeah, yeah cool. Because you hadn't done them. No, hadn't done them. Shit, hadn't you just went straight into, hadn't even been to Bali. No. You just went straight in the deep end, didn't you? Straight into the deep Mate, end, yeah. That is, I applaud you for that. That is fucking serious balls and surf adventure, man. Like, Thanks, mate. That's fucking unreal to just bypass Bali and all these known paths and just go straight into 
Zodiac machete wielding fucking <laughs> Mentawi passport stealing fucking islands. That's amazing. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, it seemed to do it the other way around. But sure did. That was the best way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. So okay, so then you just uh, what started doing a couple Nias runs and a couple G Land runs and starting to tick off all the big names in Indo over what little m- one two month period stints. Yeah, I think deserts and Nias became my hit spots. They yeah. were just left and a right. Were just doing it for me. Yep, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and I did have that written down in my notes um, because I know uh, you know in the t- I mean I've known you for geez twenty years, but you know I've known you really really well in for the last ten to fifteen more so, and I know that you. You had a very, um, I wouldn't say rigid, but a, a firm plan each year to uh, work a lot, um, save up your money, do your two months using Bali as your base, um, where you became um, enthralled with Ben Chong Alley. That's just a joke, ladies and gentlemen. He doesn't <laughs> like Ben Chong's. It's just a little joke he, he's running. He's uh, quite the ladies' man, uh, to qu- quite the contrary. But um, yeah, uh, you know, he loved a, a party in, in Bali when there was no surf and you used that as your base to just basically fly to Nias and, and fly to Desert Point when the swell was up. You'd do your runs and then you'd come back to Bali and grovel around on the beach breaks and uh, and live it up by the by the um, swimming pool and sun your rig and tune the women and have some vodkas and hit the dance floor and all that sort of stuff. And that was sort of your staple for a, a fair while after that, wasn't it? It was, yeah. That that six month was just pure surf, surf, surf. And um, it was kind of nice to do a couple of trips where you go on a surf mission and when it went flat, you'd fly back to Bali and have a bit of fun. Yep. Eat some good food, yep. swim and, and then wait for the next swell and take off again. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. And um, yeah, as a, as I you know, I was a bit slow on the uptake, uh, and uh, later down the track, I had the good fortune of joining you a couple of times in Nias there, did, and you did, yeah, we had some good waves together and a bit of fun, definitely, yeah, so they were good times. Um, and uh, mates, what was I going to say about that? Oh yeah, Mexico. Where did I, I know? I always remember that one of the very first times I met you, seeing a. A photo of uh, Puerto Escondido, Puerto and Escondido. knew that you did a couple of runs there. You and Kel once again was either leading light there. Is that what happened after up north? I'm guessing. Kel, yeah, Kel was there in, in the early days as well, and I, I'd seen some pictures of him. So he he went there before you. He went, but there Jesus before me as Christ, well. who is this guy? He, he's, he's the, the man. biggest dark horse ever. He is. I work with him all the time. He's just such a guru. He actually made one of the videos. You know how they have the Porto videos with all the biggest barrels of the year. He actually really? made one of those. Yeah. No way. So Such I saw some footage of him, and it's just like that's one place I've got to go as well. So was that? You guys came back here. You were living together in WA. You did a run up north, and then what? He just slipped off to Mexico without you knowing, or how did it work? The year after, after up north, that's when Cal slipped off to Mexico. Did he? Yeah. And wh- what? Wh- why weren't you there? What happened? Um, I think I was just working that year. Yeah, yep. stayed yeah. stayed working. I think I might have done two weeks in Indo, a really short trip. Yep. And then Cal came back just swearing about Puerto Escondido and Pasquales, and yeah, that was going to be the next mission. Wow, and that's just you know. I mean, everybody who listens to this podcast is probably a surfer, uh, so they all know what Puerto Escondido is, and it's just such a huge... I've been there, and, and man, it is a formidably huge, heavy, tubing beach break that's mostly closeouts with the odd, sick, makeable one, and it's insane. It's so heavy. Crazy so um, beach break. Yeah, to be focused on chasing that, you guys were, were pretty serious surfers at the time, you know? 
Yeah, well, they reckon that's one of the deepest trenches in the world out the front of Porto's there. And that's why it wedges in like it does. And you don't see it coming, do you, until the last minute? Yeah. And it just jacks up. Mate, I surfed at about eight foot and got flogged. Uh, and I knew that when that joint was eight to ten foot, like it was that day, that there was certain point breaks around that were four foot and tubing <laughs> for 500 meters. And I went, you guys can get stuffed. I'm out of here. Because <laughs> I'd been surfing them all week, so I just went back to them. But... Uh, as I've rubbed salt in the wound to you many times, you didn't even know about those point breaks, did you, mate? You scored those point breaks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you, you had no idea. What, you were just there purely for Porto purely Escondido? Purely for Portos. Purely yep. for the big barrels. Yeah. And did you, I mean, being uh, as realistic as you can without obviously, you know, overhyping it or trying to be humble and underhype it, I mean, how, how big did you surf it? Um, well, you know what Portos is like. You can sort of start where it's four foot on those bigger days, and you can paddle down to where it's ten foot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd yeah, I'd say eight to twelve foot. I mean, I wasn't catching those waves, but I was out there, and yeah, yeah. you would have got a few eight to ten footers. I got a few thought. eight footers for sure. Yeah, which is pretty heavy, but you weren't like. You know, you see these days, guys, 15, 20 feet, you, you guys never paddled out on a day nah, like that? No, never paddled out in those days. No yeah, probably no one did, nah, I'm guessing. That's, that's when you go to La Punta and those points, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can just remember, as you'd know, when you're out the back and a wave breaks, the spit that flies back at you is just incredible, yeah. isn't it? You've never seen anything like that before. Such a powerful wave. I remember on like a four-footer, just getting so smoked. And I remember being underwater thinking, this is a four-footer. I'm getting <laughs> my arms torn from my limbs and i just remember thinking i don't want anything to do with this joint i'm out of here and i just spent all my time in mexico i went there for two month-long stints and i just spent them all at this uh secret river mouth that was just like 500 meters long six people out tubing for 10 seconds at a time and i'm like epic yeah and that was still heavy still smokier but geez it was nothing like porto yeah so you did a couple of did you do two trips there or just one uh, i did one trip there yeah 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 and what, a month, two months? A month. Yeah. I had a friend and he lived in Huntington, so I sort of hung out with him a little bit too. But yeah, that was a pretty special trip, that one. Yeah, unreal. And then uh, then after that, that was uh, back to, you, you probably started to fall into the more of a regular routine of living in WA and just doing your Indo trips after that. Your, your, your worldly oats were sowed they to were, some extent. They were. Th yeah. Three-hour trip, you know, from here to Bali. Yeah. You can't go wrong, can you? Yeah. So then you started getting into that. And I'm guessing not long after that somewhere, the leading uh, light of the adventure, Kel, uh, was obviously too appealing to the opposite sex and, and someone locked him down by the name of Hannah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He got um he got married and uh, next minute he was having kids and that kind of slowed him up a bit. Yeah, so sure does. His and no trips sort of slowed down from there, yeah. Yep. And you just became the um Semenyak playboy from all reports. I just kept going to Indo. <laughs> and and <laughs> Nias was just yeah, it's funny because Nias got really busy through the nineties. Yep. To about two thousand and, and it just got out of control. Yeah. Um, so I started going other places and then I thought I'd go back in 2003 and it was quiet again. So it yeah, went right. through a quiet stage again. Sort of, yeah, faded off the, the map a bit, Faded off it? the map. And, and then um, the earthquake came and sort of made it popular again it, when it, it got shallower and changed, changed the way it breaks. Um, it's funny, we just uh, released a episode that uh, T-Bone, one of our other hosts on Barrel Surf podcast, uh, did with Thornton Philander, one of the original 
NIAS gurus and he was, you know, talking about the differences uh, of the before and after earthquake and all that stuff. It's quite interesting. he was one of the originals, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a guru. Yeah, for sure. And were you on that trip when we we met him in the tele, uh, in the Bunyaks? No, you weren't actually. Oh, the year after I was in the Bunyaks with, with you, we met him in the... In oh, did you go back to the Bunyaks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was kind of cool to sort of have a chat to him. He mentioned that in the podcast uh, with T-Bone that, yeah, he now hunts the Bunyaks yeah. extensively. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm actually surprised he didn't mention about Treasure Island. He was saying how Treasure Island is such a great wave and that. And I've actually seen footage and heard stories that that was majorly affected by the earthquake as well. And that before the earthquake, it was just unbelievable. Even better. Yeah. Another and section it, on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like way longer, held bigger and was just like pretty much the best right-hander in Indo. But yeah, mate, you can, uh, we can tell you all that we want about it now because it's changed. It has. So, and it maxes that, out at like four or five foot. That's where I saw him. So yeah, yeah, he obviously loves that wave. Yeah. That's classic. All right. Well, mate, we've covered a fair bit there. Uh, that's some uh, bloody awesome Indo stories, man. Um, so tell me about more recently, you know, what's your, what's your gig these days? Just on a a quick lowdown. I know it, but let's just, you know, for the listeners out there, you know, give us a paint a picture of of what you're up to these days. Um, these days, well, I haven't, can't go to Indo this year because of the virus. Um, been hitting a couple of sort of of your favorite spots. Yeah. We've been teaming up for the Dawny, haven't we? Quite a lot. Getting a few um, tubes at a... An unnamed local slab of a reef. Really enjoying that spot. And yeah. Enjoyed you seeing you get a good barrel yesterday. And That's uh, right, listeners. You heard it here, heard it here today. Brad, <laughs> I did get a barrel in front of Bradsey, so I'm pretty happy about that yeah, yesterday. It was good, good timing that I was in the <laughs> channel, wasn't it? I was pretty stoked it was you and not someone else. Yeah. That was one of the waves of the day from my, my point. Yeah, for it was sure. a nice little wave. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, just, just working a lot. We're pretty busy. Um, still keen to get back to Indo. Yep. Still hitting, uh, yelling up main break, which is our local down the road. On the right swells. Yeah. On the right swell uh, in winter when it gets big, we, we get some pretty epic sessions out there and yep. we actually had a pretty epic one out there a couple of weeks ago. We did. That, uh, you decided to go to sleep midway through the session, which we did mention in one of our previous podcasts. Just tell us quickly about what happened there, Bradsey. Yeah, just um, got held up. It was quite a strong offshore, got held up at the top. It was quite a nice six to eight foot swell. It was a good day, swell. wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bloody great day. Waves were pumping. There was about eight or nine local legends, legends in our own lunchbox. Uh, just local guys. We're all friends. We all, you know, all, uh, well, actually most of them were good surfers. I, I I was just sort of at the bottom of the rung, but. Uh, oh, you're humble, you know, mate. You're <laughs> humble. And we're all, everyone knew what they were doing was, was my point that I was trying to make there. It wasn't like there was people that didn't know what they were doing. And yeah, so uh, a good a good sort of solid seven, eight foot wave came your way. It was your turn. We all yelled at you to go. What happened next? Yeah, I, I just got caught up at the top and I remember just slapping my face that hard. I kind of, I, I reckon I was out for a couple of seconds. So you got caught up the top in the wind and then got driven down. Driven down. With the lip onto the surface of the water. The surface and then I just slapped the side of my face so hard it was, felt like concrete. And yep. Yeah, I reckon I was out for a couple of seconds. Came to, a mate had paddled over because he was sort of right near me. And yep. made sure I was all right. Then we copped about three on the head. Yeah, they were solid waves. I was ducking under them ones. And we were worried about, yeah, we could see something was wrong. But you were sitting on your board. So I thought you were winded, actually. And we're like, oh, he's winded. And, and then there was some, like, three solid eight-footers. And we're like, shit, why is he not paddling? What's he doing? <laughs> he's just sitting there. So then what happened? 
Um, yeah, those those eight footers didn't worry me because what had just happened was pretty heavy, and you didn't really know so, where you were anyway. Yeah, did you? so it was kind of I didn't wasn't too phased about it, but yeah. So I you got knocked out uh, temporarily, and and what came up, and and actually didn't know what was going on. Kind of didn't know what was going on, and then then when I did it kind of didn't worry me because I felt so much better than how I had a couple of seconds ago <laughs> um, and then a mate was there trying to help me he snapped his leg rope um, and then you caught the fourth wave in and, and made sure we were right so yeah. yeah I was pretty stoked about that yeah well, I rode the wave in and got to my feet and saw the guy that was supposed to be helping you about 150 meters away from you with no board just swimming around in the white water I'm like what's he doing over there and I saw you way down on the inside and yeah rode my wave to you and you had actually saved his board from getting lost at sea because uh, as we all know but not everyone else does that when you snap your leggy at this break and the swell's big it actually it, it takes your board all the way to the inside down the end of the reef and then it gets sucked into that rip and just heads out into deep water and it does and out into nowhere and, and a lot of people lose their boards on those days they just don't get them back for sure so uh yeah he tried to provide you assistance but in the end um yeah you saved his board uh it was a good feeling <laughs> though to know a couple of you know a couple of boys were right on me you know it's a good feeling yeah to know that someone's there looking out for you for sure yeah well yeah. it's you know at your local and that's, and that's what we do don't we yeah that's yeah. it no I, I went in seen you on the reef i was i was pretty pumped up with excitement I think I was yelling and carrying on and applauding uh, courts for trying to save you and you were a bit dazed and confused and made your way in the lagoon and, yeah, I, I headed back out for a few more. You gave uh, us a few thumbs up and yeah. you were back out there. I was pretty pumped. It actually took me like 15 minutes to get off the reef. It, yeah, you were like, saying, yeah. Yeah, the swell just... It's like the ocean just got angry all of a sudden. The vibe changed from everyone high-fiving each other to everyone sort of quietly shitting themselves. And the <laughs> swell just jacked it up a bit. and for a bit there, Yeah, everyone it? got washed in. There was only one bloke left when I got out. It was only Taco sitting Is out the back. Right? Yeah, everyone got smoked by sets and wow. really reared up. But, um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. And, um, okay, well, mate, we've been going for a while. But um, just quickly, do you watch much surf media these days like – you know, just your clips on Facebook and stuff like that, or do you follow anything at all? I mean, no one really buys magazines anymore. It's all pretty free clips, but do you follow it a little bit, Instagram, anything like that? or? Um, not a hell of a lot, no. No, not no. really? So I you're mean, pretty I watch it on Foxtel, you know, when the comps are on, but yep. that's, that's about it, really. So, so if the CTs are on and the timings are right, you'll you'll um, sit down at the end of the day and, and, and watch that? For sure, yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, like you say, the magazines, you don't really buy mags these days. No, anymore, you don't buy all. movies. No, uh, no. I actually just bought Laura Enova's movie off iTunes just for, uh, I don't know, it just felt like I haven't bought one in a long time and yep. wanted to wanted to see what it was about. You know, a chick charging slabs and all that. It was pretty interesting, but um, I'll make, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give that. I was going to give it a review if we were going to do a more standard podcast but since it was more of a one-on-one -on -one interview I'll, I'll, i won't go there today yep but um all right and then mate just uh quickly can you give us uh oh, there's a mosquito getting on me he obviously went and bit you and just went fuck this guy <laughs> <laughs> that guy's got a thousand types of mosquito <laughs> fucking shit he's I'm got gonna, nothing left for yeah, us he's got nothing <laughs> for us <laughs> uh mate uh five favorite surfers uh without harping on too much um, no, it's a bit of a Johnny on the spot, but, um, you know, most people, when they give you five su favorite surfers, there's always three of them are pretty much the same, you know, um, you know, being the Kellys and, and the whatnot, cause they're so good, but you can say anyone you want, just give us a quick five and, and why? Um, well, I'm thinking two off the bat right now from two weeks ago would be Taco and Damon Easter. I just love watching them, them out at Yells. Yeah. Classic couple of local guys. Couple Taco of grew up over East on the 
northern beaches of Sydney and Damon Easto's an absolute local hell man who was born and bred in Margaret River. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Taco moved over about 20 odd years ago as well. And they both just, mate, they surf small waves good. They surf big waves good. They're, they're both absolute big wave Afficondos, actually. I mean, they're insane. They are, so, for so sure. Yeah, so you like, love watching them surf out at Yowls, I guess, when it's big because you see them in the flesh. Yeah, and yep. yeah, they're just an inspiration the way they surf it and they surf so damn good. And two of the most humblest, coolest guys you'll ever meet. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Um, and to go with the big names, I watched Oki today and just thought, wow, I really miss watching that guy surf. Yeah. What did you watch that on? Um, it was something on Facebook. Oh, yeah? Yeah, someone yeah. posted an old vid of him. Oh, classic. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Tom Curran, obviously. Yep, especially since you had such a personal connection with him. Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, when you ask someone their top five, you could always guarantee that either Oki or Tom Curran or Kelly or Andy's going to probably be in one of them. So, yeah, yeah. But uh, to have such a personal experience with Tom Curran would really justify him making your top five, I would imagine. For sure. And I'd, I have to say Tom Carroll. Yeah, sick. The way he charges, yeah. Those, those guys are just... Legends, yeah. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Oh, well, happy days. That was five. Okay, so um, I know you mentioned earlier no surf trips this year for anyone, really, unless you're going up north, which I'm doing in a week. Yeah, good on you too. Got a spare bedroom there, mate, if you want to come join us. Wow, wouldn't mind You can that. bring your babies, being two staffies. You're a big dog man, but we'll give you free rent if you look after my two kids <laughs> for a day or two. <laughs> okay, deal. Deal yeah, done. sick. All right, and uh, the other reason why you probably haven't been travelling as much the last couple of years is um, we're both quite into our old steel bumper cars and you've been building a HQ Kingswood that had humble beginnings as a 202 Belmont, uh, which to our overseas listeners is sort of a, a 1974 uh, factory Australian family sedan, uh, but in this day and age has a cult following and, uh, you know, especially once you drop the, the big V8 engines in them and that and... Yeah, you're about three years into a build on a HQ. Give us a quick rundown on what that thing's packing. Um, yeah, an old Kingswood. I bought out the back of Vass and an old barn there. Yep. Um, been a three-year build, back to bare metal. Um, yep. Just got painted cherry black. It's got a 383-stroke Chevy in it. Yep. Um, That's a big a, engine. It, yeah, it's going to be good. And um, knowing that you're building a Sandman, it's going to be unreal to sort of cool, cruise around yells and, and a couple of old, old cars. It will be good. Yeah, yeah, it's an absolute street machine that uh, Bradsy is building. It's uh, yeah, a highly overpowered V8 gurgling monster of a car with nice shiny paint and fresh chrome and uh, big fat wheels. And it, it's really... Uh, yeah, you know, there's a plenty of surfers out there that have good one foot in the bogan side of the line and one foot as a surfer, and I think that's both of us, actually, Bradsy. We love a good V8. Who doesn't love a good V8? So, oh, yeah. you know, but obviously that's um, taken up a little bit of your Indo funds a little bit in the last couple of years. I'm aware of that, but um, I'm sure we'll get back there again next year. So, mate, that's sure. been an absolute amazing talk with you, Bradsy. Uh, I've been mates with you for 25 years, and even though I knew this story especially about mentalities and that i never probed and got the depth of details that i did today so i'm actually stoked that we got this because that was fucking entertaining man that was a cool story thanks so man. well done to you and kel and your brother abbo you guys are legends for doing that 
um, I feel privileged for to sort of get the podcast, mate. Yeah, Thanks man. For no, it's good, man. So People are gonna love it. That's a, such a crazy surf story. So, you got any final words of wisdom uh, to part with there, or just anything that you want to leave with anyone? Um, not really, Edzy. Just sort of keep surfing, keep keep healthy, and um, yeah, let's hope this this shit sort of leaves us soon, and um, yeah, we can go travelling again. Can we? Hopefully, soon we can go. Travelling Indo, drive around in your HQ with your two dogs in the back and uh, just breathe in the fresh air of yelling up. Exactly. Fucking legend. We live in a good spot. We do. All right, Bradsy. Well, thanks heaps for coming in, mate. That's bloody awesome. Cheers, Ching, Edzie. ching. Thanks Cheers. Thanks for having us, mate. Well, Much appreciated. Uh, and thanks to everyone for tuning in to Barreled Surf Podcast. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And we'll leave it to DJ Namu to round it out with some quality music. Thanks, guys. You. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys.